Welcome to the Dante Greco Show. It's Tuesday. Donald Trump got indicted or arraigned. What am I saying? He's already been indicted. He flew to New York. He's been arraigned. The man came back. So much to talk about. Come on. You all know he arrived yesterday. So, All right. So anyways, he's there. You can read all about the indictments and everything like that. I'm not a legal scholar necessarily, so I'm not going to be able to tell you whether or not this is going to stick. I'm just here to talk about a, you know, the, the funny parts of it and be uh, just where do we where do we go from here? I mean, first of all, I was watching. A lot of media coverage all day long. I wanted to wait till kind of it was over and we we figured out what happened and the uh, indictment was unsealed so we could know what to talk about before I did the show. I was glued to the news like I haven't been since probably the year 2020. Uh, it was like the good old days of just watching cable news all day long for Trump coverage. And it really annoyed me. I was watching MSNBC and they kept going on about how sad it is. Oh, this is so sad. Such a sad day for Donald. Everyone's so sad. Like, first of all, you're not sad. Like Van Jones was sitting there pretending to be sad about Donald Trump. Oh, he doesn't take joy in the Trump environment. Yes, you do. He looks sad, CNN's Jones said during a panel discussion. He looks like the weight of it is hitting him. I mean, that might be true. Just as a human being, I don't take joy in Trump's indictment. I don't like the prison system. I don't like what it does to people. I don't like this process. Again, true. Trump's not exactly going through the same sort of uh, processing that anybody that gets picked up off the street would get. But all right, I don't take any celebration in seeing him looking that way. That, that is a granddad having a very bad day. All right, fine. You want to be sympathetic, whatever. But like, don't BS us. It's this formality that they just can't shake, which is why people are moving away from mainstream media sources, because people just can't be honest. Yeah, Katie Turr and the rest of the, the CNN or MSNBC crew sitting up there. Oh, my God. This is so sad. Like, I, I keep telling y'all, this is not this is Donald Trump. This is a different beast. All right. This isn't like Dwight Eisenhower getting indicted or George Washington or something like Trump is a circus, whether you like him or not, it's a little bit different than your average president getting indicted. And that's not to, that's not meant to be a slight against Trump. It's just the facts. So it annoys me, this fake, Oh, sad, very, very sad. Like, no, you're not. And by the way, side note to Ari Melber of MSNBC, we get it. You like hip hop. All right. You know, rap music. You don't have to crowbar 
rap lyrics into every single conversation. I'm not even sure he did it today, but I've noticed that every time I ever tune into his show, he's got a crowbar in some rap lyric and he says it like this, like it's so hilarious. I am just this uh, white guy on MSNBC saying a rap line to make my point. Uh, give me some credibility. It's very cringe, as Gen Z would say. So, um, yeah, you know, look, I does this make me want to vote for Trump more or less? Does it make you want to vote for Trump more or less? I don't know. I look at this and part of me says, well, maybe we need a good criminal in the White House because we have an evil empire forming against us in Russia and China. And then you got Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salman spouting off about how he doesn't want to make deals to please the United States anymore. I want something in return when working with Washington, D.C. Everyone's trying to stop using the dollar. You know, you got some real bad actors out there, some real nasty characters out there. And part of me looks at this and says, is Trump any more of a criminal than Vladimir Putin or Mohammed bin Salman, Salman, who chopped up Jamal Khashoggi and then just like went about his day, but founded a uh, made a golf tournament um, or Xi Jinping with his Uyghurs locked up. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying what Trump it, did was good. We'll see if this stands up. I, I, you know, I'm trying my best to get a straight answer from an unbiased perspective, because if you go to Fox, they're going to tell you, oh, this is on shaky legal ground. It's all BS. It's not going to stand up in court. If you go to MSNBC, they're sad and they're going to tell you that this is uh, the end of Donald Trump. So I, I really don't know, but he's paying people off basically to cover up affairs, to make himself look better. That's what they've got him for. Uh, you know, look, I, I, this, what he's been charged with here, I don't think is going to dissuade his supporters from wanting to vote for him. Look at Lula in Brazil. That guy actually went to jail and now he just got reelected and everyone was thrilled to have him back. So I don't think this is necessarily going to disqualify Trump, especially if he's not convicted, but 136 years that he's possibly facing. I mean, even if you're Trump, you got to be a little worried. What are the odds that Trump and Alec Baldwin are both facing charges at the same time? You know, those guys, if they ever got together, I bet they would just have to laugh a little bit. You know, it's like that Paul Rudd gif where he's like, hey, look at us. Never thought I'd expect to see you here. Can you imagine? Can you believe that it was us here? Um, Trump and Baldwin both facing charges at the same time. Hilarious. Anyways. $150,000 to a Playboy model, Karen McDougal, who I keep getting confused with Susan McDougal, who I thought was one of Bill Clinton's harem. Um, he paid 30K to a doorman. There he is with David Pecker. Always makes me laugh that the Inquirer guy's name is David Pecker. Like Some people are just so appropriately named. Bernie Madoff with everyone's money. Sam Bankman fraud from SB, FTX. David Pecker. He handles all the dirty stuff. Um, 
I remember I had to go searching for like uh, for a while. There was a rumor that there was a video of Trump in an elevator beating Melania. And supposedly there was a video. This is like during the run up to the 2016 election. I remember I had to go searching for any proof of that. I did not find it. Um, Stormy Daniels is talking. She uh, he, he she talks about her tryst with Trump in an interview with Vogue magazine. Very important, Vogue. It's the fashion Bible. I hate Vogue. I hate Anna Wintour and her sunglass look. One of my favorite experiences at TMZ, real quick, just as an aside, was when, um, and it's so inconsequential, but I just personally enjoyed it. It was at Craig's, which is the celebrity hotspot on Melrose. And I was there early, and out pops Anna Wintour and Wendy Dang, I believe, who is, um, you know, she, she was with Vladimir Putin and she was with Rupert Murdoch. So she picks great guys. And uh, they came out. It was just me. I was the only camera person there. And Anna Wintour was like a, a giraffe in the headlights. You know what I mean? Like she did not know where to go. She had never been accosted on the street like this by some filthy animal with a camera. She looked very uncomfortable. So I, I, I took a perverse pride in that. Anyways, let's read about what Stormy Daniels has to say. Because Anna Wintour is a wicked, evil weirdo. She says she has a missing 90 seconds from her memory of a 2006 encounter with Donald Trump when she went from hanging out in his hotel room to having sex. Interesting. It's kind of like when you get abducted by aliens and you have missing time. I'm standing there in the doorway and all of a sudden he's there in his underwear doing the world's worst Burt Reynolds impression. And that's the thing I don't understand. I don't understand how I got from the doorway to being underneath him in the bed. Uh, I wish, does she expand on the Burt Reynolds impression? Because that's hilarious. And is it Burt Reynolds or is it Norm MacDonald as Burt Reynolds that we're picturing? She got a glamorous photo shoot by Annie Leibovitz. I wonder what, um, what was his name? Who was the lawyer? The bald lawyer that was always working with Stormy Daniels, who's now in jail for 20 years for defrauding Nike. Um... The Italian guy. I wonder what he's thinking today. Can we get an interview with him? For my own sake, I'd like vindication. I'd like him to get what's coming for once, she said. But that's about me. And there's other stuff that's more like about the country. Uh, when she arrived at his hotel, he was in his pajamas. And she said she smacked him on the rear with a magazine and told him to get dressed. Now she's intent on setting details of the story straight. That it was not a, just a hotel room where they met. People think hotel room and they think you walk in and there's the bed. She said it wasn't like that. His room was like a giant apartment. It had a formal dining room. Well, of course, he's Donald Trump. Everything is ostentatious. Um, let's just get to the Burt Reynolds part, please. I don't know. What does that mean, a Burt Reynolds impression? We're not going to find out. Faces up to 136 years in jail. The indictment reveals 34 felony charges for catch and kill scheme to suppress negative stories and win the 2016 election. If I was this doorman, I would be pissed. They, um, they, uh, exactly, exactly. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, 
they're using all the worst photos of this doorman unless he just always looks like a shifty i mean when you have a pencil thin mustache and a goatee like that you're not gonna look very trustworthy but they're making him look like the criminal paid 30k to cover up uh uh supposedly he had a child out of wedlock now where is that child he has kept that child under wraps. That child and that um, that uh, black kid who emerges every few years to claim that he's Bill Clinton's son should get together and start a podcast. So, you know, I don't know. So I say that about Trump. Well, maybe we could use a guy who, who's, you know, ready to take on the world. But then I think... Am I crazy? American presidents don't get charged with crimes. But that's the thing, too. Like, every president has made some decisions that are, you know, would could be interpreted as criminal, you know? Obama, with his extrajudicial killings of wedding attendees. And honestly, I wish... Everybody had this energy for George W. Bush and Dick Cheney over Iraq. I wish we were going after them this way. Uh, but I think, you know, I don't know. Is it is it bad for the reputation of, of the country on the world stage? But then you look at the world stage, and again, the sharks are circling right now. Russia, China, aligning with each other, trying to stop using the dollar... Saudi Arabia, you know, like, what, what, what? I don't know. We got to put up a tough face. And there are legitimate questions about Joe Biden and his brother and Hunter and their ties to China and what money's coming in. I mean, we can't just brush it off. They told everyone to brush off the Hunter Biden laptop, and that turned out to be true. So, again, I don't know the details, but I would like to know. I think we deserve to know if that's who we're sending out there to fend off the encroachment of, uh, you know, Xi Jinping's march towards global dominance, then uh, we need to know that we're, we're sending the right guy to handle that. All right. Dad is a movie star. Mom is an Emmy winner. Who is he? Real quick. I don't want to I don't want to spend much time on this. I've just been seeing this all day. Who is this guy? Anybody seen that movie Barbarian? Getting strong Barbarian vibes. Is this Nicolas Cage's son? Son of a bitch. It's Kevin Bacon's son? Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick? Wow. Hey, listen, pal. The 80s ended 30 years ago. By the way, speaking of the 80s, you know, we were told that the, the, the funny thing about this is it finally he's been charged. And it sounds like they might charge him with Georgia and uh, whatever the other one was. But like the 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 anti-Trump lobby, I feel lost a lot of credit credibility when the whole uh, Russia thing turned out to be a big nothing. You know, we were told that Trump was potentially a uh, had been a Russian agent. For like 37 years. Remember that? At the height of the hysteria, people were like, yeah, they recruited him back in the 80s and he's just been working for the Soviet government since then. So you don't know what to believe, but look, he 
he's charged. Is it's historic. Uh, unfortunately for all of us, there aren't going to be any updates to this case. I heard until December, which is going to be smack in the middle of election season. Uh, who knows where we're going to be right now? Is Biden going to kick Kamala off the ticket? Is DeSantis finally going to stop pussyfooting around and say I'm in or I'm not? And whatever other non-factor Republicans are going to get in to sell books. Uh, we're not going to see that on the Democrat side, Democratic side, I, I assume, because uh, everyone's going to back Joe unless he decides to pull out. But enjoy this day if you are interested in this type of news, because we're not going to get very many updates. Although, you know what? Trump is speaking tonight. Holy shit. What am I doing doing a show? I should be watching that. How do we get a, a feed into Mar-a-Lago? Anybody know? All right. Let's keep it moving. I'm sure you have heard plenty of Trump stuff and you can hear plenty more. Um, Jill Biden, let's talk about this since we're on politics. She stepped in it a bit. I don't know. She's trying to be nice, I guess, trying to be excited, but she really didn't know what she was talking about. And honestly, you know, maybe Joe should pull back on sending her to things. I heard that Joe Biden is sending Jill uh dr jill medicine woman to king charles's coronation which i don't get why joe isn't going to that i mean i guess people really hate king charles nobody wants to perform for the guy nobody wants to be there everyone is snubbing him um but jill extended an invite to the iowa state women's team the losing team and she's pissed off everybody she says, I know we'll have the champions come to the White House. We always do. So we hope LSU will come. But, you know, I'm going to tell Joe, I think Iowa should come too because they played such a good game. We hope LSU will come. But, you know, like that's so disrespectful to the winning players. And I know, look, I'm not going to spend too much time on this because it was two days ago. And the way the news cycle moves, I can hear people tuning out already. But now Angel Reese who was the uh, player of the tournament and the winning player on LSU is saying she's not even sure she's going to come. She's the one who kind of sparked this firestorm by responding to the story on Twitter saying it's a joke. And she was right to say that. I just know if the roles were reversed, it wouldn't be the same. Reese said on I am athlete, we were to lose. We would not be getting invited to the white house. Probably true. Probably true. It's kind of like some involuntary, it's not, I wouldn't say it's quite as um, intense, it's not an intense enough slight to say that it's racist, like overtly racist on Jill Biden's part, but it just shows, it's the same as when people were responding in the heat of the moment to Angel Reese's You Can't See Me thing. Like they just showed who they, how they really think, which is fine. You know, that that's how people think, right? We can't control how everyone thinks. People are free to think how they want. I'm not a person that likes to call people racist. But Jill's just a little, uh, sees things through a white lens. You know what I mean? She wants to invite those white Iowa women and that's fine, but you, you don't do that. It's, it's the, it's about the decorum. It's about the uh, tradition. You don't invite the losers. They don't invite the losing NBA team or the losing football team. 
you know, come on, Jill. I know she's like a mother and she's probably just like, is she a mother actually? I don't know. But she's an older woman. She's like, everybody should come. But no, people spoke out. Reese even questions if Biden attended the game to support both teams or if she was solely rooting for Iowa to win. Last night, San Diego State lost. I didn't see her say, oh, San Diego State's coming as well. That's weird for me. Uh, so she might not want to show up. I would advise Angel Reese, go to the White House because probably statistically you and the rest of the team, you're not going to get an invite to the White House and be uh, feted at any other time in your life. I don't even know if they invite the WNBA champions to the White House if you go into the WNBA. Know what I mean? Like, you can always go visit the White House, but it's different when you get to go there as part of a big special thing, you know? Like, just Jill, I'm sure Jill will apologize and go there. Have a good time. Enjoy it. Okay. This is fun. Kid Rock. So yesterday we talked about how uh, Bud Light completely lost touch with their audience and made Dylan Mulvaney. They didn't exactly make him the new face of Bud Light or her. What am I saying? Is it still Dylan? Um, or is it Dylan? So they lost time. They, they, I don't know. They, they wanted to celebrate Dylan Mulvaney's uh, publicity stunt turning into a woman for 365 days. So they, they sent her some cans with her face on it. And, you know, it really doesn't make a difference, but people are up in arms. Kid Rock being one of them. He made a video shooting some Bud Light cans. Let's watch it. Grandpa's feeling a little frisky today. Let me uh, say something to all you and be as clear and concise as possible. Fuck Bud Light and fuck Anheuser-Busch. Have a terrific day. All right, so it's funny because, like, you're getting that pissed off about a beer company? First of all, it's the shittiest beer on earth. Bud Light is as bad as Natty Ice. Seriously. It's water. It just makes you fat. doesn't get you drunk. You got to drink, like, a case of Bud Light to even feel any kind of thing that could be considered uh, drunk. So I'm not a fan of Bud Light for that reason. But it's funny because it's such an overreaction. And look, I get it. It's like Kid Rock. I know he has a sense of humor. Um, and it's great, entertaining video. It's great for clout. It's great to get your name out there. But like objectively, it's not that bad. I mean, what do you think? Like, oh, my God, they're trying to turn these frat guys trans by putting Dylan Mulvaney's face on this thing. You know, it's not that bad. Um. I, I do agree, though, that like Dylan Mulvaney should really be the uh, the spokesperson for like skinny girl margarita, not Bud Light. I mean, there's not an ounce of muscle on that person. Let me show you a picture. But again, 
you know, this is the type of weird stuff that turns into um, an issue for a company like Bud Light. Because, like, Kid Rock starts it off, and then next thing you know, like, people are really protesting, and um, people are really upset, and then they boycott. Like, conservatives do boycott. So, more so than I think uh, liberals do. Like, liberals always threaten to boycott, and they're always marching for something, but I, they don't really follow up with it. But conservatives will. So it's, you know, stupid uh, just as a business decision. As I said yesterday, it's just a dumb business decision. Uh, you just don't know your audience. Your audience is people like Kid Rock and people in college. Uh, again, the Dylan Mulvaney cans are not even available for purchase. They were a gift to Dylan Mulvaney, but um, we'll see if the damage is done, if they're going to have to retract it. Bud Light, by the way, has stood by their decision. I'm trying to pull this up. Here it is. Finally, we can look at Dylan Mulvaney's can. There you go. Like I said, skinny girl margarita makes more sense. That's all. Bud Light. I like Bud Light. And the loafers. I don't know. All right. Let's get back to it. But yeah, so Kid Rock shot up the can. It's funny. He bought three, six, three. 32 packs, it looks like. Shot them down. Let's keep it moving. All right. This girl who was claiming to be Madeline McCann because uh, this is the stupidest story dumbest true crime story i've heard in a long time so i thought this was legitimate when i first heard the story turns out she was just on tiktok she's a girl who's clearly disturbed clearly has um, some mental issues her parents have said so have said as much and she goes on tiktok and starts saying oh i think i'm madeline mccann like she looks nothing like her the face is totally different you know we've all seen what we look like as children do we look that radically different when we get older no so it never should have been taken seriously in the first place she was this whole story was born out of a tiktok trend where people say oh uh like like it's it's a it's a tiktok challenge to believe that you're missing toddler madeline mccann who was you know something happened to in in portugal many moons ago we don't know what happened it's unsolved a Polish woman who believes she's the missing British girl, Madeleine McCann, is not the same person who was abducted in Portugal in 2007. Results of a DNA test concluded. To the parents' credit, they didn't make us all sit and wait for this. They said, you want a DNA test? We'll give you a DNA test. And they, they, they got this wrapped up pretty quick. The results were revealed late Monday by Fia Johansson, a private investigator working for Faustina. Oh, Julia Faustina, 21, is the girl claiming to be Madeline McCann. 
She's absolutely 100% from Poland, Johansson told RadarOnline.com. She's a small percentage of Lithuanian and Russian, but the test results show she is Polish. Yeah, she went to great lengths to prove she was Madeline. Looks nothing like her. Sorry, never did. Submitting samples for three different forensic examinations to outline her DNA sequence and a 23andMe-style genetic test to establish her ancestry. She doubled down during a recent appearance on Dr. Phil. Was he behind this whole thing? Go out there and find me a mentally disturbed woman who will claim to be uh, somebody that's missing. Madeline McCann would be good. Can you get someone that thinks they're Madeline McCann? You're fired. Dr. Phil, by the way, good interview. I've interviewed him a couple times. I remember one time I started to ask him about the most controversial topic in the world, Donald Trump. And he was like, he like made me put my camera down. He was like, I don't want to talk about that. I said, oh, okay. But uh, just this one question. And then he like grabbed my arm. It was like, I don't want to talk about that. And it's kind of scary, even though he's old and it looks like he glued his mustache to his face and that he's wearing a bald cap in person. It looks like he's wearing a bald cap. Um, it, he, he has that old man strength when he grabs you. But everything worked out in the end. He got into his car. It was a convertible. I filmed him. I was like, oh, Dr. Phil, you look so cool in your convertible. And he smiled. And he smiled and smiled and drove off and then found uh, this fake Madeline McCann. So... Anyways, yeah, that's Madeline McCann. And then, then on the right is uh, Julia Faustina. Looks nothing like her, never did. So mystery solved. If anyone was waiting for the update, this is it. This is it. I mean it. This is it. Michael Jackson. All right. Woman falls to death from balcony, lands on another passenger. It's just hilariously tragic. I don't know. The headline had me chuckling yesterday. Horrible tragedy, of course. Anytime someone dies on a cruise ship, which seems to be every week on the clock, somebody dies or there's an awful norovirus outbreak on a cruise ship. Uh, I'd still like to go on a cruise. Never have been. Every time I think I want to, something like this happens. It's the same like... Every time, you know, my friend keeps telling me, oh, go vacation in Mexico. And I say, oh, I don't know. Okay, fine. I'll go to Mexico. And then what happens to Americans kidnapped or somebody shot or a head washes up on the beach in Tulum? Skipping it for now. I'll give it a few years to cool down. Leonardo DiCaprio testifies for prosecution at Fuji star Praz Mitchell's money laundering trial. Oh, yeah, this is just... It's just imagine this is Praz Mitchell. He's in the Fugees. He's the least known member. He was taking money up to $100 million to try and influence the Obama and the Trump administrations for the benefit of the, this massive Malaysian fraudster, Zhou Lao, who has disappeared into China. We don't know where he is, but I'm sure he's still having a party. Um, allegedly, by the way, he's on trial to prove that. He's facing 21 years in jail. It's just like imagine you go to your trial and you got Leonardo DiCaprio testifying against you. That would be insane. 
I'd be pissed. I'd be like, you motherfucker. You know, just because you're white and richer than me, uh, you're getting away with this. When DiCaprio had an entire movie made with this guy's Malaysian money that the Joe Lau plundered from the Malaysian government and accepted all kind of crazy gifts from him. I don't know. Leo's a little dirty. Maybe he should run for president. Okay, this story has been bothering me for a few days now. They uh, found, like, I don't know what happened. It's This is like a human interest story, or is this just, I don't know where this came from. But everywhere I looked online, I would see the story of the Whitakers, America's most famous inbred family from West Virginia. So if you're in West Virginia right now, shame on you for allowing this to happen. Um, they keep putting this picture. God, damn, I can't even look at it. I really can't even look at it. Something about this picture makes me sick physically. These are the inbred Whitakers. Their eyes are in places that the eye should should not be. And they bark at people when they show up. I mean, it's a sad story. This is what the liberal media should be calling sad. Not Donald Trump's arraignment. Donald Trump's arraignment is a massive boon for his fundraising. Um, God damn. It looks like some weird like Twilight Zone thing where the the Confederacy, the, the Civil War never ended. And these people just like walked through a time warp, wound up hiding in a tiny West Virginia hamlet. I don't know. There's really something wrong with that picture, and I can't escape it. It's on Twitter. It's on Daily Mail. It's on every website, every news site. You just see a little square with that picture. <sighs> they live in a town called Odd, which was named because it's a weird place. It's not just like a coincidence. They, they named the town Odd around 75 miles from Charleston. It's a tiny coal mining district in Raleigh County, that is home to 700, 779 close-knit residents. Very close-knit. They're knitting each other. It's an unincorporated community. No local governments or elected officials in the area. That has been described as like the thriller film Deliverance. Holy Jesus Christ. Can you imagine... Imagine showing up to this town, seeing those guys, and uh, bringing a case of Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light with a Biden sticker on your Prius. You wouldn't make it out alive. You better get out of here, boy, with that Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light. Um, ugh, get that away from me. Fuck. It's like a Halloween thing. It's like that, uh, isn't that movie hereditary about this? I don't know. Yeah, when trying to choose a name for the area, locals wanted something odd and unique, so they chose odd, and it stuck. Hello, Natalie. Good to see you. Thank you for joining. Uh, the Hamlet hit the headlines after filmmaker Mark Leita 
shone a spotlight on the heartbreaking story of the Whitaker family who are protected by gun-toting neighbors. Yeah, protected by gun-toting neighbors. Again, can you imagine driving up there and saying, guys, let's crack open a case of Mulvaney Bud Light? There are only two buildings in the entire area that aren't residential, a post office and a Mount Valley Baptist Church. Do they have Wi-Fi? Do they have the internet? They have TikTok. Two YouTubers decided to explore the tiny community. They stumbled across the home of the Whitaker family, who have been dubbed one of the most inbred families in the U.S. Real Appalachia videos their journey through the dashboard and came across the trailer, two homes, and a small outhouse that makes up the Whitaker family base. For the love of God, I hope they have more than one outhouse. You watch the story. It's worth watching. Listen, it's interesting. I'm sure it's like sad and disturbing on very many levels. I can't look at it. I get dizzy when I look at that picture. It's weird. I have like a primal reaction to this picture. There is also an abandoned United coal mine in the area along Odd Road, which is closed. It could have been where John Whitaker, who had 15 children with his first cousin, Gracie. 15! With his first cousin. No one at, like, number seven stepped in and said, hey, maybe, you know, spread your seed somewhere else. Shane and Melody, who run the YouTube channel, also came across an old elementary school on Odd School Road, which has since been turned into a family home. In the distance, the pair even found a four-bedroom and four-bath mansion worth $600,000, although most homes are modest. Real estate is just out of control in this country. A $600,000, a house anywhere near that family is worth $600,000. God, what is this, Manhattan? They describe the area and people as very nice and the area as very peaceful. Several generations of the Whitaker family are living at the property with the inbred group starting with two sets of first cousins getting married and having children. Dailymail.com revealed that a set of identical twin brothers sparked the family's history of incest with the children of Henry and John Whitaker getting married and having their first child in 1937. God damn. He described the inbred family as something like out of the 1972 thriller Deliverance. We all know Deliverance with Burt Reynolds and... uh, uh, whatever the other thing is. Who's the other guy? John Voigt. In April last year, he revisited the Whitaker family, who we first met in 2004 and filmed in 2020 and spoke about it on the channel. I wonder if they had COVID or like if COVID made it up there. I bet they're not vaccinated. That would be a good bet. And maybe they're right. I sit here every day thinking, is today the day that my Pfizer gets me? My Pfizer finally brings me down. Uh, okay. 
Later, the documentary filmmaker says that the genetic complications of the family have caused a host of behavioral issues, describing it as out of control. The first time he approached them was in the early 2000s when he was initially met by protective neighbors with a shotgun. It's nice. I mean, it is nice of the neighbors to protect these people. You know, they, they probably don't really know what's going on in the world. John Whitaker married his first cousin, Ada Riggs, the daughter of Mary Perkins, who was the sister of John and Henry's mother, Eliza. Ada and John had nine children. Okay, so it's a it's a family a family that just kept sleeping with each other. God damn it. Oh, oh my God. All right. I you know, I don't want to be mean, so I'm gonna move on from this story. But they bark at people and they uh, it just, you know, something about that is very frightening. Let's talk about a feel-good story. A YouTube prankster got shot after a prank. Uh, he was trying to prank someone and they got pissed off. I love this because the guy survived and look, he's happy. He's throwing up gang signs or something. And, you know, we're good on the pranks, bro. Everyone is good on YouTube pranks. We don't want to, we don't need them anymore. You're not going to blow up from the YouTube pranks. There's a million prank channels. All right. You think there's too many podcasts out there? There's too many prank channels. So I was kind of perversely happy to hear this too. 21 year old Tanner Cook is a YouTuber who specializes in pranks. Uh, he went to school for that. His channel, named Classified Goons, boasts over 38,000 subscribers. Okay, so he's beaten me by about 30,000, 30, no, 36,000 subscribers, whatever, and features a swath of practical jokes played by himself and buddy, and a buddy on unsuspecting pastor, passers-by. From fake vomiting on Uber drivers, oh, that's fantastic. Uber drivers, they love, you know, vomit in their car. And like, you know, the guy's just trying to take you from point A to point B for $7. And now he's part of a prank. Taking rackets from tennis players. Huge, hilarious prank. You took the guy's racket. I mean, what's that's the joke explains itself. It seems like there's nothing the classified goons won't do for a good prank. But one of their stunts went awry in the worst way possible. Over the weekend, Cook was pulling more practical jokes in the Dulles Town Center Mall in Sterling, Virginia. Son of a bitch. It's Virginia again. Just one of the Whitakers. Is this guy, check his ancestry.com. He might be a, a Whitaker cousin. A scuffle reportedly broke out between the YouTuber and a shopper at the food court. As a result, Cook was shot by the shopper, receiving serious injuries to his stomach and liver. All right, well, let me take it back. I'm not happy that the guy got shot. He has serious injuries, but, you know, it's it's like a, a warning. Everyone's on edge. People are losing their houses. Everyone's getting fired. Um, the price of everything goes up and up. You can't buy eggs, you know, whatever. Pick your, pick your, your issue. People have got it. No one wants to be played a prank on. Dumbass. 
Loudoun County officials charged the shooter with aggravated malicious wounding, use of a firearm in the commission of a felony, and discharging a firearm within a building. In a statement, Cook claimed that the shooter didn't take his prank very well while he was shooting his video, which is now evidence in the ongoing investigation. I was playing a prank and a simple practical joke, and the guy didn't take it very well. He didn't say anything to me. Can we hear what the prank was, please? I tripped him. I pushed him down the escalator. I ran up and I took his bags and I threw them in the trash. I pissed on him and he didn't take it well. It was a prank. Yeah, so just cool it on the pranks, please. Okay. Kill it on the banks. Stephen Paddock, we all remember him. He shot up a music festival in Las Vegas. You know, you had to be there, I guess. So the real, the big mystery was always why. Why did he do it? The details were he blew out the window of the Mandalay Bay and he opened fire during a music festival that was taking place in a parking lot across the street. I had actually been to that parking lot not long before because I was there to cover, I want to say it was the Mayweather-McGregor fight. I was out there in Vegas for TMZ to cover that. And there was some kind of like, you know, come and get your, your, your wristbands from that same parking lot where the shooting happened like a month later. Anyways, enough about me. Um, turns out Stephen Paddock, we're all wondering why did this guy do it? According to a gambling buddy, he had lost $1.5 million gambling, of course, weeks before the massacre. An FBI interview with the gunman's fellow gambler detailed in hundreds of pages of documents made public this week suggests his loss could have been an influence. The other gambler said he believes the stress could have easily caused gunman Stephen Paddock to snap. Paddock, 64, was a video poker player who relied on gambling as his main source of income. Stable. Or a very stable guy Stephen Paddock was. The revelation comes years after the FBI in Las Vegas and the local police concluded their investigations without a definitive motive, although both agencies said Paddock burned through more than $1.5 million, became obsessed with guns, and distanced himself from his girlfriend and family in the months leading up to the massacre. I mean, to me, that's enough. I know everyone wants to claim that he was there to sell guns to ISIS or something, and it was like a gun deal gone wrong, or that, you know, the government did the shooting to take our guns away, which newsflash still hasn't worked. I've said this before. The whole false flag shootings idea to take our guns away is like the worst, least effective idea in the history of, of uh, false flags because it never works. Nothing ever changes. So um, that's reason enough for me. 64 years old. You lose $1.5 million. Your wife is pissed, I'm sure. Your career is gambling. 
And you just had like a major loss. What else? How are you going to pick yourself up and reinvent yourself at that age and get anywhere close to that type of money again? He wasn't exactly a looker. You know, he can't go try to sleep with David Geffen to try to get some money. He's not going to be a model. Like, what's he going to do? Work in a call center? He's never going to sniff that money again. To me, that is enough reason. Sent him over the edge. Could not get over this loss. Why they didn't just release this when it happened, really, or like as soon as they got this information to put to bed all the conspiracy theories, I don't know. It's almost like they like having people feel uh, suspicious and like there's something going on. It's like they, they, they enjoy the disinformation to an extent, the, uh, the intelligence agencies. In a statement Thursday, Las Vegas police defended their inconclusive findings and dismissed the importance of the documents released this week in response to an open records request from the Wall Street Journal. You're unable to determine a motive for the shooter. Speculating on a motive causes more harm to the hundreds of people who were victims that night. I don't know. I mean, I would, if I heard that, I might say, all right, finally, instead of just being a psychopath who opened fire for no reason at all, there at least is something that seems um, like as a human being, you can understand there's no coming back from losing $1.5 million. There is the window shot out of the Mandalay Bay. We remember this happened, by the way, around the time that O.J. Simpson was getting released from prison. I remember because I was supposed to get sent out to Nevada to try to get the first shots of O.J. leaving jail. Uh, but for some reason, I couldn't make it, and my coworker had to go and, like, you could see the shot out window from the airport. Fun fact. And take that to your Monday night trivia game. Tuesday night, whatever day it is. Uh, still, the cache of documents offers a new view into the gunman's mindset through interviews with neighbors, acquaintances, and employees of the Las Vegas casinos he's frequented. Yeah, he was a degenerate gambler. All right, he blew his last bit of money on some big guns, and some ammunition. Those interviewed by the FBI described Paddock as a strange introvert who never made eye contact and only wanted to talk about gambling. Is it possible that he was an undiagnosed um, with, with like autism or Asperger's? Not that that would influence him to open fire, but that does sound like, uh, or like going a murderous rampage, but just, uh, you know, observing this situation, those sound like some of the, uh, characteristics that you always hear about. According to the gambler, um, okay, hold on. He only wanted to talk about gambling while the gunman's fellow gambler told the FBI that Paddock was very upset that the red carpet treatment for high rollers seemed to be fading. According to the gambler, casinos had previously treated high rollers like Paddock to free cruises, flights, penthouse suites, rides in nice cars, and wine country tours. But in the years before the October 1st, 2017 mass shooting in Las Vegas, the gambler said casinos had begun banning some high rollers for playing well and winning large quantities of money. He had been banned from three Reno casinos. 
Hmm. Uh, former Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department official said there was no strong indication that Paddock's in actions were driven by resentment toward the casino industry. I agree with that. I think it's more about the $1.5 million that he lost. And his wife probably came home and was like, Stephen, you idiot. You fucking lost all our money. His gambling habits made him a sought-after casino patron. Mandalay Bay employees gave him the $590 per night suite for free and let him use a private service elevator to take up his multiple suitcases. Hidden inside those suitcases were the guns he'd use for the massacre. Wow. Scary guy. Paddock acted alone, killed himself as SWAT officers closed in and left no note about his motive for the rampage. Yeah, to me... That makes the most sense. Uh, real quick, I just want to see as I was scrolling here, they have a picture now of the guy who shot the YouTube prankster. Let's take a look. Suspected shooter Alan Colley was arraigned on Monday. Well, of course, listen, you can't go shoot. You can't go trying to prank an Amish guy and expect that he's going to know what a YouTube prank is. They don't even have electricity. Guy just came from a hard day of churning butter into society to get, you know, whatever he needed from the mall, and you're trying to YouTube prank him? This guy's 200 years behind that. Hmm. All right, well, that's that. Okay, I think we've covered everything Everything possible. We've had enough. My internet seems to just be slowing down. It looks like you guys can't even see me smoothly anymore. I don't know what's happening. It must be the government. You know, they heard me talking about Paddock. So I'm going to end it here. Thank you for joining us. I'll be back tomorrow. The show continues. Uh, like, subscribe, comment, share, whatever you want to do or don't. As always... Have a good life. We will see you soon. Much love. Thank you. Love. <laughs> All right, Tanya. So once again, thank you to my brother. Tell me your name again. Dante Greco. Two words. Made in America. <laughs> Dante, you're doing great. That's good. I never I, I, I think I love it. It's from. Uh, Listen, I want you to leave my good friend Ringo alone. Uh, 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 <laughs> Oh, pal, pal. Have a good day.